Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive. I am your host, Laurieann Sheldrick, the Contagiously Positive Girl, and every single week I come here to help you make happiness your permanent default setting. I believe that your level of happiness is going to be one of the most life-altering things you choose to have every single day. And it isn't about choosing to be a perfect little happy robot, it is about choosing a happy life, regardless of what challenges you have to face. So choose happiness today and unleash your inner contagiously positive tomorrow. Let's begin. Well, good morning, Jolene. Thank you so much for joining me for another Unleash podcast. You're welcome. This is, um, I've, I've lost count how many times we've done this, but I really enjoy this. Today, we're going to be talking about positive communication, which is your, your area of expertise. Um, so it's so great because I'm finding, I'm loving doing these podcasts like this, um, where I actually get to communicate with someone else other than me just talk into my microphone. So I really, really appreciate it. Uh, well, it's it's nice for me too as an extrovert to um, have these video chats um, and podcasts so I can reach out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really grateful right now for technology. I know um, pre-COVID, a lot of people, you know, would slam technology and social media and all the things that come with it, the negative. But I think people are really seeing how positive social media can be when we use it properly to actually... To, to socialize and to work and to communicate um, instead of all the negative stuff. Yes, absolutely. So positive communication is the topic today because as I, we were speaking yesterday and I was telling you, this, these are the questions that I've been getting from my clients and um, through my platforms. And it's sort of split into two where people want to know um, at home, how do we communicate with one another so that feelings don't get hurt because we do have different personalities. And then the flip side of that is how do we communicate with each other at work because most of our communication right now is being done through Zoom or video, any video conferencing um, surfaces. And then um, how, and then the third one is how do we communicate in a positive way to people face to face um, or through social media about the importance of social distancing, not social distancing, physical distancing. So um, why don't we start with work? Because I think this is a big thing for people. Um, we talked yesterday about the extrovert versus the introvert on having conference calls and getting people to participate so that it, we, you still have that team dynamic. So I actually just did a workshop online on Monday, which was really cool. It was the first time I've done that with the Myers-Briggs workshop. So they each got personality reports and books which were hand-delivered to their doorsteps. So physical distancing was respected. Nobody saw anybody, but they still had their reports. And what I noted, it was very interesting because in person, which is always my preference, of course, you can watch the body language. You can make sure everyone's included in the meeting. You can easier do roundtable discussions. So what I found in this particular platform didn't have a video of everyone at once. It was whoever spoke would come up on the video. So I had to be very cognizant when I did a roundtable discussion to have a list in front of me to make sure everybody had a chance to speak. Because the introverts, they really like that, right? They could just pull back and listen and be present and not participate because they get more energy by listening, not necessarily by speaking and being a part of it. And introverts sometimes get a bad rap in any meeting that they maybe aren't as interested, but they are. It's that introverts truly do take 24 hours to process information before they come up with great questions or ideas. So how do you mitigate that is to make sure, if possible, an agenda. What's going to be discussed? Who needs to speak about what? Because then they can mentally prepare for that. Mm. 
I love that. What about also, um, this comes up quite a bit. You have different personalities at work and in the office, um, you can just walk into someone's office and ask a question or say, let's have a meeting. But I'm finding now a lot of people are getting really frustrated because they're not understanding people's types. So it's just like, you know, 7.30 a.m. It's like, oh, let's hop on a Zoom call. I have some questions for you. And this introvert's like, well, can you send me a few, maybe not necessarily an introvert, but the other person's like, well, can I have a few minutes to prepare before we get on the call? Like, do you feel like that is something that um, coworkers and teams really have to even pay attention to more now because they're not seeing the person in like at the office. Yes. And especially with, um, if someone has children at home, that time of day may not be ideal. We do have to flex and understand the work environment that each person has in their home. What would be a better time for you for a Mm -hmm. one-on-one meeting? Maybe it's the set time for the team meetings, but even flexibility because of COVID-19, I think is really important to make sure it's a good time of the day. Yeah, and absolutely. And just a random fact, between 1 and 3 p.m. is generally the worst time of day to host any meetings whatsoever because people tend to dip during that time. About 65 to 70% of adults crash during that time of day. Yeah, absolutely. I know that's the case for me. Um, I'm really productive up until like after lunch and then I want to go do something else. And I'm finding that more now. I'm very, very much aware of that now that I'm just giving myself the flexibility to say, you know what, it's one o'clock. I'm going to walk the dog. Yes. Yeah. So what then, is there a difference between personality types on some saying, you know what, like stop messaging me every second of the day with a fire. Um, is there a different types who are like, I'm going to message you every second of the day. And the other type is I'm going to make a list and then send you an email and then we'll set up a time to talk. Is there a difference in type that does that more than one or the other? Oh, absolutely. You have the sensors versus intuition comes to mind, which is how we gather information. Sensors need lists. They need to know exactly what needs to be done in order, and they prefer standard operating procedures. So if you just say, do it, and expect them to figure out the way, you're stressing them out. Whereas someone like you and I are both intuitive. If somebody were to check in on us and give us constant instructions, we would feel completely micromanaged. Mm. And there are introverts, again, sometimes they'll just do their work and they won't reach out. Or if they're stressed, they won't necessarily reach out because introverts tend to not talk as much about their emotions unless they truly trust the person that they're talking to. So reaching out to your team members more than once a day is a good idea not too often. One of my clients, I thought this was brilliant. She has her coworkers reaching out to one another and every day they do a kind of a generator. So you don't know who you're going to get until that morning. So it's the team meeting for sure once a day, but also they get to know each other on an individual basis because it's not always the leader that needs to be reaching out. Yeah. What's the best way to speak to someone who's on the sensing side? And then what's the best way to speak to the person on the intuitive side? So for me, I'm intuitive. So I call it squirrel in the kindest way, which means I can easily link past, present, future simultaneously. I like big picture thinking. If I'm trying to explain to somebody who's my opposite, who likes details, what I will do is I will ask myself these questions first before approaching that person. Why am I asking them to do this? Have I done my research? Has it already been done? Can we prove to them that this works? Because you know they're going to question you and they're going to critique it and need to understand why and how that's going to look. Not necessarily the big picture. They don't really care in the beginning. They care about today and step one. So they tend to be truly in the moment. So changing your style It's not changing your personality type. It's changing your behaviors and the way you speak to someone you're opposite will cause a lot less conflict during the day. Yeah, absolutely. So I can see on the work side, probably a lot of people right now are in that reactive mode and putting out so many fires. So probably the positive communication is really um, becoming a challenge because 
everybody's in this emotional state. It's not just one, right? And yeah. then you have that at home and at work. Yeah. So um, then what about on the other side of that? Like, so for the person who needs the list versus the, pers- versus the person who doesn't need the list, or is it easier for the person who doesn't need the list? It's just like, hey, yeah, you have, you have a time to talk right now, and then they're just fine. Yes. And intuitives, we don't necessarily need the list or the standard operating procedure, but we need to know what the outcome needs to be. And you need to give us some flexibility and freedom within that, or we're going to feel confined. If there's a step that we can't miss, tell us about that step, but let us be innovative. Otherwise, especially Mm. if we're at home working and we're being checked in on every hour, you might lose those employees if you're that leader. Yeah, I know I need the flexibility. Um, And I need to know, for me, it's really important. Don't just give me something to do because it needs to be done in like three weeks. Like I, I get really frustrated when I find out that it was on the now list um, and it had no purpose for that day. (laughs) And I'm just like, why did I waste my time doing something that I could have done three weeks from now? (laughs) So yeah, I, I like to know what is actually urgent because yeah. that's what I'll focus on. And then the rest I can just be a little bit more creative with. And yeah, that drives me nuts when I'll send it back and it's, oh, I didn't need that right away. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, because I do like more flexibility and I like sort of having my own calendar and setting up my own calendar based on when I know I'm going to enjoy working on that thing. Yes. And I know I have had some leaders lately talk to me about, well, how do I know if they're working or if they're working two hours a day? Yeah. And it does, it does seem a little micromanagey, but it's a defined period of time. It's okay to have time logs during this time so that you actually know what your team is doing in general. You know, in the morning, I got these five things accomplished. In the afternoon, maybe this task took two hours that's okay to do that right now, but let them know that this isn't going to be ongoing because I also understand the leadership aspect and is work actually getting done. Yeah, absolutely. Are you seeing um, in your conversations with the corporations in the past couple of weeks, are you seeing one massive hurdle when it comes to that, um, having the team work from home? Is it that, the trust? It's the trust, but it's also the social media that is causing most of the chaos, which is these People are trying to work from home and the fear that comes out of social media, you know, 80% of the posts that I see are extremely upsetting or fearful. And then the other posts are truthful and they have logic and they are really well done. So I think people get distracted with the social media and then the anxiety takes over. They can't focus. So we also have to give some grace as leaders at this time, knowing that they're not going to get their full eight hours in because of what's going on. So giving a little bit of grace, but also realizing that if you're still getting paid and you're at home, it's not a free ride. You absolutely still have to work. Absolutely. It is. It's a heavy burden on a lot of people's minds trying to work from home and also have all of the distractions if their kids are home, if their spouse is home. So it really just comes down to really just being open and having that conversation. And, you know, um, if people don't know their type, that's fine um, on the Myers-Briggs scale, but they know how they like to be spoken to. So just start from there. And I think we really have to take the responsibility on ourselves and speak to, so I don't have a team, but if I did, I would speak to my boss and say like, that just doesn't work for me because we're in these uncharted waters. Can we do it this way? And just have that conversation together instead of sitting there all pissed off that they're not communicating to you in the way that you want, just grab a pen and paper and get clear about what that is. Because now we have that opportunity to frame it that way. And hopefully when everybody goes back to their, to their jobs and at work, they'll be able to do that even more um, and have a more positive team because of it. Yeah. And I saw, I forget who it was that posted someone with children actually got up at 5 a.m., and worked until 8 a.m. before the children woke up and got the bulk majority of the work done during that time. And then obviously for breakfast was not working, but still had the work done by the end of the day. So again, it's offering a little more flexibility in timing. 
I love that. And I think right now positive communication is the key to get through this so that we're not feeding fear and we don't have a new contagion of like panicked people out there. You know, I was at the grocery store last week for my run and there was uh, probably at least four managers walking around. I'm assuming they're managers, maybe not, but there were four people walking around communicating to everybody Okay, so this is what you need to do now when you come in the store, you walk down this aisle, it's a one way. When you get and then when you go to the cash, it's like, "Oh, are you going to the cash?" Okay, if you're going to the cash, here's the line up here. And but very very friendly. Like that's what I loved about nice. it. It wasn't like, "What are you doing in that line?" you know, like yelling at you because I've heard that too and it's like, "We don't know, right? We don't know." And they were so positive and not like chipper and you know like oh life is good it was just you stand here when you get to the cash she'll guide you in and then as soon as you guide in then you can go and i'm thinking man that's positive communication and that is leadership and calmness yeah and calmness because i think what makes people um have so much anxiety is the not knowing so It's just talk about that. And I think that's really important for leaders too, for them to sit down, you know, with a pen and paper and say, okay, what do we need to communicate to our team so that they know what's going on in a 24 hour, in a 24 hour time span, because things are changing every 24 hours. One day you go into a store and it's the lines here. And then the next day there's plexiglass and you can't even, you know, do anything but tap your card. So yeah, I think it's really important to when you go in the stores to communicate that. Yeah. Um, I recently, well, about four years ago, got certified in change management yeah. with the Myers-Briggs and this certain psychologist, Donna Dunning, came up with four animal characters. And it was just so brilliantly done to the fact that people do not want change introduced to them in the same way. So she created these four characters and how you might change your approach. Uh, For example, some people want to know exactly first, how are people going to be affected? Mm. Other people are going to say, how is this going to affect the bottom line of the business? And they're going to critique the plan. There's another type that's just going to jump right in and say, let's just do this. And it may be too fast. Right? So there's, there's, different ways to approach your team. So it's understanding each person or hitting, hitting all four styles when you're approaching a group because one style will not work in general. Because I think um, right now everyone's not going to go out and take everybody's, have everyone's personality assessments done. What can the leader do to pull that out of people so that they do know their team's personality styles? So, you know, in the next couple of months, it it is positive and they have a cohesive team through this. Yes. So I actually, it was really cool. Yesterday, my client didn't cancel the contract and we actually did it online or sorry, Monday. So they did get their reports and she didn't want to wait because she wanted to know now so that she could have their reports and help them through it. So if you don't have the reports or you don't have the funds to do it online at this time, it's still to have that open conversation and say, what are your stressors? What are your preferences? What can I do to make it better through this stressful time? Like having that open conversation, not as a group. Okay. One-on-one. Okay. Because introverts are not going to tell the entire group if, unless they truly trust the entire group. So I think yeah. it's better one-on-one. Whereas you and I, we're just like, what do you want to know? Exactly. <laughs> and we're fine with telling everybody. I, I'm all right with that. Like I just, yeah, so I can see that. So that's really good. And I think that's really helpful for leaders to know, but also really helpful for um, the team to know that they could also spearhead this as well. Like they don't necessarily need to wait for their boss to set that up. They can set it up and start that trend. Like right now we're all leaders. Like everybody needs to step up to the plate, right? So I think that's really, really important to communicate that. What I also loved is when you said, um, you talked at the beginning about some people have kids at home. Um, that it's, their responsibility to tell their team, listen, I like nine o'clock just absolutely doesn't work for me instead of for two weeks constantly showing up at that time. And no one understands why they're so pissy and not participating in such in a bad mood. Um, thinking it's just COVID-19 when it was actually just, they just didn't communicate that they needed to push it an hour. 
Yeah. I think that's really important. You know, I have, um, I have a business thing today at one o'clock and I needed the one hour. I needed to know within the hour because at time at first I didn't have a set time and I said, I'm all right with not having a set time, but I need, I need an hour heads up so that I can plan my calls in between it. And I can plan my dog's walk in between that. And, um, she messaged back and said, Oh, I can actually just set a time. Let's one yeah. o'clock. And I need to communicate that. Right. And now we're both happy and we're both, instead of me being upset, sitting here waiting, like, Oh my God, I got to take the dog for a walk or I need to do this. Or I'm constantly watching the window while I'm on a call with a client or trying to do a podcast or something like that. So that's my responsibility, not theirs. Yeah. And I think a lot of team members don't realize how much stress their leaders are under right now because they don't just have the thought of losing their job. They have to take care of payroll. These government grants are quite complicated actually from looking into them. So they have a lot more stress on their plate than normal aside from just leading. So to give grace to help them in any way you can, I think is important. Absolutely. So the two biggest things here are number one, the leader needs to communicate and find, uh, really just get a sense of everybody's style and find a way to work within that with the team. And then number two, the team also needs to communicate that. And then three, everybody needs to give each other a little grace. Ideally. Ideally. Well, I think that's so important. You know, I've been talking about that for a while. Um, Actually, just over probably the past four or five days. And it's like, God, give me some grace to figure this out. Like I'm learning how to swim here, you know, like I still have floaties on. Um, Because, you know, when someone, someone said to me the other day, well, you should feel this way when going through a crisis. And I'm like, I've never been through anything like this this is not a typical crisis. Like this is something totally new. I need some grace period to process this and just be like, okay, well, what is my new normal right now? And I think that's really important for us to communicate that to each other instead of getting our defenses up. Just us saying, I need some grace period right now because I think what will happen is the other person will take a step back and say, oh, you know what? You're right. So do I. Because we're all in reactive mode, right? We're all in that fight, flight, or freeze. And I have a default, mine is fight. And some people have a default and it's freeze. So we do need to allow each other that grace while we get into our problem solving mode, which for the first couple of weeks, we weren't there. Yeah. Right? Like some people were and totally just like, go, go, go. But um, I think it's important to sit down with one another and really talk about that, how we can communicate with each other in a positive way. And I want to see that in the stores as well. No one known. Because I, is this my type? I have a really hard, I like to know what the outcome is going to be. I like to know that, okay, when you come over, um, you're going to come to the front door and I'm going to ring the bell and I'm going to do this. Like, I really hate not knowing. Yeah. Me too. And especially in this, what's happening right now, you do need to be very clear in exactly how it's going to roll out with every one of your clients. Yeah. Whether that's your type or not. Because like you said, even though it's naturally my type, um, those who it wasn't natural for at the beginning, they've now flipped their type if they're in stress. Yeah. Yeah. Under great stress, we actually flip our personality type which means the least preferred area, the one you've avoided almost your entire life will come to the surface. And how do you mitigate? A lot of people say that. How do you mitigate losing it or saying something inappropriate? Well, you practice both sides. So going forward, even if you had an upset or said something inappropriate, it never has to happen again. And that's the easiest way to not be an explosive and not be explosive in your personality type is just to practice some different behaviors create those neuron connections, and then you're really calm and you can easily accommodate. Absolutely. I'm noticing that through this, um, because I spent 10 years in the construction industry, we, it was like a daily fire to put out. And I remember at the beginning, I had a really hard time with that. I was in constant chronic stress because I was like, oh my God, like, how do you, how do you work in an industry where every day there's a fire to put out? Um, without being able to plan for that. And, but I think what happened over time, because I had no choice, it was either quit or adapt by adapting. 
my, I reprogrammed my brain to be a really good problem solver. And I'm actually really good under immediate stress now. So, but I never thought that I was. And when my husband had an accident last June, he had an accident. Um, I, I had to go into immediate action to get him to the hospital. And I didn't panic during it. Um, and it wasn't until I got him to the hospital that I threw up and then let it go. And then I'm like, all right, let's go, let's get this into action. And it wasn't really until the next day when I just allowed myself to kind of have like a panic attack and cry at the what if. So I think it is right. You can program yourself to be really good in stressful situations, but if it's not your natural default, that's okay. This is a great time to practice. Yes. And to give grace. (laughs) And to give grace. So I would just say something that I ask myself is how do you want to react and respond to this? So is that the best question people can ask themselves to just take pause for a moment? Yeah. And taking that deep breath often will calm you in itself. I like that question. That's really good. And how do you want to be remembered? Will this matter in five years? There's lots of questions you can pose in that moment before elevating your anger. Yeah, I like your question, actually. That's a really good one. I like yours too. Will this matter in five years? Like, I think that's a really good question. And how do I want to be remembered? Because I know that's something that I'm really focusing on right now is how do I want to be remembered after we get through this crisis? You know, because um, I am so active on social media. Um, I have people watching me and they want to know how I'm reacting. So me showing up in panic on social media is not great. I can do that in the privacy of my home and process my feelings and then talk about how I process my feelings. So I think that's really important for people to say, like, who do I want to be through this? Another good question, actually, you just brought that you brought up this in my memory is if something were to happen and you are about to react, ask yourself, would I normally react this way? Because that can be your sign. For an example, if you're an animal lover and you're driving by and you see an animal hurt on the side of the road, but you keep driving, right there, that shows that's not your normal way you would have dealt with that situation. You're stressed because kindness, sadly, is situational. And the more stressed we are, the more rushed we feel, our empathy decreases. So something as simple as I would normally have stopped and given that person change, or I normally would have stopped and helped that person or animal. That is your sign that you're heading towards acute stress. Okay. Yeah. And there is a difference, right? There's, um, there's situational stress, stressors. And then there's another one, which I can't remember what it is, but, um, it's in those moments where like right now, right now, would this be in the category of situational stress? Like, because it will pass. So we have the stressor, um, we're in it right now, but it will pass versus a stressor that continues day after day, year after year would not be situational stress. Exactly. I'm actually half certified right now in psychological first aid training or mental health first aid, they call it psychological. And they talked about that situational versus long-term versus continual. And I think it's really important to understand the difference and to deal with it as it comes. And you brought this up yesterday and maybe elaborate on this of not being so guilty of not working every hour of the day and to just be calm and to give yourself some grace. So do you want to add to that? Yeah. So that came up. Um, I posted a blog on Tuesday of this week and it was about living in the 24 hour time, time slot. We only have today was the whole idea. And I was getting a lot of comments from people after they read it because, um, in the blog, I was talking about how when I, when it first happened, I was just in reactive mode and I just kept like working, 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 and I got to get this out and I have to stay, I have to stay busy and I need to do this. And I wasn't, and then I burnt out and uh, like in a week, it was like burnout in a week because number one, I'm, I'm continuously working super, super hard, but I'm also doing all the extra stuff um, to try to provide, you know, the support that I thought people needed to be, but then I need that needed. But what I realized is I'm just doing busy work because I'm afraid that 
my, I was afraid in that moment. I'm like, I need to keep going. Otherwise my business is going to flop. And so when I had the burnout, I realized I need to take pause and stop just doing busy work and trust my intuition right now on what actually needs to get done that I want to do versus I'm just doing to be busy. And some people were saying that on the comments to the blog that I posted on social media that I feel like I'm failing when I don't do anything because at a cellular level, my body wants to like get in the car and go to work because that's been my default forever. And that's what I noticed. Um, I noticed that when we have the pattern, so I have a pattern, I was talking about this yesterday, I have a pattern of have my coffee, write in my journal, come sit at my desk on, this is on Mondays, write my weekly coaching email, and then I can do everything else. And when I went to do something different, I felt the physical reaction in my body that I, I'm not, that I need to be going into my office. And then in that moment, I'm thinking, no, you need to do this thing that you want to do right now, because that's what we're doing right now is just busy. We're doing a lot of busy work and not stopping and saying what actually needs to be done right now. And what do we actually want to do right now? Because sometimes the asking ourselves what we want to do is really important, especially in a stressful situation like this, because what we want to do can help calm our nervous system. And what we want to do can also strengthen our mental and emotional muscles so that when we get to the have to do list, we're more productive in that time versus I find if I don't take care of my mental and emotional well-being first, I just sit there and I do a lot of busy work and I'm not doing the things that I actually need to do. Yeah, I like that. It's so, I think, you know, and I asked you this question yesterday, like, is it a cellular memory thing to our core that we're, we're busy, 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 work, 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 hustle, 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 because we are so routine Monday to Friday? And is it not just, even though we're not doing that anymore, some people still are and they're still going to work, but those who aren't, that's what I asked you. I'm like, are they feeling the physical reaction to it because their body is used to taking those steps? So their mind's not taking the steps anymore, but their body is still reacting to wanting or thinking it needs to do that thing. Oh, absolutely. Well, even me, I'm usually never home. I'm on an airplane. I'm across Canada. I'm at conferences, right? So I feel really strange just sitting in a house being self-isolating right now. But it's it's the new normal. And I think that's that's the way to look at it. This is just for now. This too shall pass. Another one of my yeah. favorite sayings. Yeah. And if you're at home and you can't leave, what are some of those projects that you said, I would love to get this done one day when I had time? This, this is the time, right? To clean out that closet, to to clean out the fridge, whatever it is, because that will actually help you feel calm because you're getting things checked off that list. They, they yeah. call it a cognitive hangover when there's stuff going on that needs to be done that you're not checking off the list. It lingers and it causes brain fog. So get it done, right? Spend an hour and do that thing that's been bothering you or clean off your desk. You bring this up to have a clean space when you work every day can really help focus. Yeah. Well, when we get off this podcast, I will remove all of the podcast material and put everything away. And then I'm into the new task. And then it just, it closes down the tab in my brain. So yeah. that's really important. But I had a, a woman say yesterday, um, I, I keep flip-flopping. I keep thinking I need to do this thing. And then the next day I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do that thing. And then I'm like, oh, but I better do that thing. And she's like, I'm such a, I'm flip-flopping back and forth back and forth. And I'm like, well, of course you are because you're, you're just thinking you need to do that thing because it's busy work versus what do I actually need and want to do in my business right now? Um, that will not just keep my business afloat. Um, but that will also keep me mentally and emotionally stable as well versus yes. trying to come up with all of these brand new ideas while you're still in reactive mode it doesn't work because you're not doing, you're not coming up with the ideas that you actually will implement. So you're just yes. flip-flopping versus go and clean out your closet and have a notepad with you because then the ideas will come. 
Yeah. Instead of sitting there being like, okay, what's the new, what? Cause everyone's saying that right now's the time to get your stuff online and everyone's in a panic. Well, I don't have anything I can put online. And it's like, just whoa, 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 back up. You don't need to necessarily have an online business, right? So it might be something different for them. So yeah, I think for me, my creativity came Number one, I lost it. I lost it last week majorly. And then it's back again because like this morning, I just allowed myself some time in the kitchen and I'm doing the, the stuff in the kitchen and I have my notepad and stuff is coming and I'm writing stuff down. And from that place, then I can then come to my desk and work on this work. And I'll tell you when I'm, I've been doing this now for a few days there's so much more engagement and so many people saying, oh, yes, that's exactly what I needed and how I'm feeling today versus let's just go to try and find something that I can put on social media or that I can sell to people because I'm just being busy. I'm trying yeah. because I feel like if I'm not busy, I'm failing. Yeah. We need to take pause. This is a great opportunity to take pause and really just think about that. What are all the things I've wanted to do? Yeah. And, how and also, I, oh, sorry, go on. And, and how can I do them? Yeah, I'm not, I don't meditate much anymore. I used to, I used to really be into it. And then I just got crazy busy. I hadn't had a day off since December, actually, before this happened. Wow. So I've just been go, 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 which, you know, I've, I love it. But it was really neat. Two days ago, I actually took an hour out of my day to do a full guided meditation. And I felt so calm since then. So it's remember, did you used to do yoga? What did you used to do when you had the time to yeah. keep yourself calm? Because you might be able to find the time to incorporate that back in. Oh, I love that so much. And that's such an important thing. I think right now, this doesn't really necessarily have to do with uh, positive communication, but it is in a way because it's learning to communicate with ourselves, learning to hear all... because what have we been doing? Like pre-COVID, all I would hear are complaints. I'm so busy. I don't have time for the things that I want to do. I'm so busy. I don't have time for yoga. I'm so busy. I don't have time to write. I'm so busy. I don't have time to meditate. And then now anyone who has been uh, forced to stay at home because their business is not an essential service, they're now not, a lot of them aren't doing those things because they're still in the default of busy, 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 busy. I have to always be productive and doing something and filling the calendar. And it's like, well, if you're going to do anything great for yourself right now, it's take that time. Yeah, yeah. really take that time. Cause I don't think, you know, I'm noticing myself. I don't feel the need to to post as much or blog as much or teach as much as I did. And there's a lot of things I'm just like, you know what, even though you used to do this every single Thursday, you don't have to. And I think I'm seeing that a lot on social media. Now, those who were like constantly aggressively, like you need to post three, four five times a day, because that's what the people are telling you, you need to do to be relevant and to grow your business. They're just like, no, I'm just going to follow my gut and share the things that I feel intuitively guided to share. And I'm really, really noticing that people are spending more time listening to themselves versus the external world saying, well, I'm a content marketer and I know that you should be posting five times a day. And that person's like has all these tabs open in their brain thinking, what the hell am I going to talk about five times a day on social media? Versus yeah, what's relevant to? Is it relevant? <laughs> exactly. So I'm loving that people are really listening to themselves more and communicating with themselves a lot more and a lot more positively as well. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So um, back to the positive communication side, what about at home? Because we're now two, three weeks in with everybody, the majority of people at home together, even if someone is um, still working in the essential service. How can we communicate with each other without hurting each other's feelings? Because we have certain needs at home that are probably coming up now that we realize we can't be in each other's faces 24 seven. How do we do that without hurting people's feelings? So you decide how you want to frame it like introvert versus extrovert or intuitive versus sensor. Like what's the, what the best way to frame that is. 
Well, my poor boyfriend, uh, we're two and a half years dating. Six weeks into dating me, I did his full Myers-Briggs personality profile, appreciation styles, his stress profile. We haven't had a fight in ever. And I think once you know your partner's triggers, don't press them, especially during stressful times like COVID-19. But if you really know them and what irritates them, even if you are frustrated, take a step back. Will this matter in five years? I really like that question. I'm frustrated. Am I taking this out on them? Is this actually about me? Is it just because I'm, I'm frustrated? Emotional differentiation, we brought that up as well. What emotion are you actually feeling? Once you figure out what it is, it's easier to solve instead of just anger as the blanket emotion. Yeah. I read an article in Time Magazine, Tony Robbins talked about it in the 90s. It's not new, but actually figuring out what, are you frustrated? Are you angry? What is it and why? And then clearly, in a, the most positive, tactful way, communicate that with your partner. And if you, like you mentioned yesterday, say, you know, I'm going to be in my office for two hours. Please don't interrupt me. Here's why. Telling them why. Giving them their free space if they want to go work on the basement or if they have their own project. I know Baden goes out to the garage a lot and he has tons of projects. I leave him alone. That's his yeah. space. He's comfortable out there. I do my own thing. So don't smother your partner, I think is another really important piece if they're not used to seeing you most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm finding, like, I'm okay being an extrovert. I like having people around. So having my husband home is definitely not a big deal. And there's a lot of things that I really love about it. Um, but I've been noticing that by around 7 p.m., I can't, I, I'm like too much noise. And so I've been noticing that I've been getting really irritable at the same time all the time. And then he listens to the TV so loudly and I can listen to it like 10 decibels lower. And then he's working in, he's working on construction projects and he's out in the garage doing the bike. And then I have noise all day between the dog and being on Zoom. And I'm noticing, ah, oh, I'm not upset with my husband. I'm irritable because I need to be in a quiet space. I need to shut off the noise. It's just, it starts to be, it starts to like make me react physically almost. It's just like, turn that down. Don't even breathe, you know? So, and that has nothing to do with him. That now I need to be able to communicate that to him and say, you know what? I'm going to go in the spare bedroom and watch TV on my own for a little while. I'm going to yeah. put my headphones on. It has nothing against you. I just, I need to shut my brain off for a bit. And I think that is what it is. Instead of saying, you stupid asshole, stop breathing, right? Like not his, it's not his fault. Um, instead of that, me just, like you said, ask those questions, go within and say, what am I really upset about? I'm not upset with Jason. I'm upset because I need some quiet time. Yeah. And be honest about it. I think that's yeah. the most important. I think that's it. And, and do you find that people sometimes mistake honesty with being aggressive? Um, because there's being assertive and communicating what you need and being honest about that versus I'm being honest, but I'm going to yell at you and get pissed off at you in my honesty. <laughs> Yeah, tactful and assertive are what you really want to aim for in any any contact right now. And again, there's certain personality types that logic is the way that they process information and they are generally very straightforward. That's their normal style. So don't take that personally as well, right? They might just be telling you to tell you. Don't take it a different way. So again, giving that other person grace based on their personality type is important. Yes. And I think what else is really important as well is because if you have, if you are both working from home and you, one's working in the kitchen and one's working in the office, that's the dynamic with Jason and I, um, when I walk into the kitchen to grab a water or make another coffee, I'm being aware now, um, not to speak to him because he's in the zone. And I have to remember that it takes him so much time and energy to like, like pay attention to me right during that time. And then to get back to his task that he's really focused on, because I know for myself, if he were to walk into my office while I was working on a blog or working on some content, I would be like, you know, could you just leave my office door? You know? So I'm being more aware of that myself because 
I was like, why is he ignoring me? He's not ignoring me. He's in the zone. And I'm standing there being like, pay attention to me, you know? So it's really important for that to go both ways. Don't ask for something. That's what you always say. Don't ask for something you're not willing to give. Yeah. Yeah. So when I go to the kitchen now, I'm just quiet. And I think that really helps, right? And even in the morning, because we never spent mornings together, um, I'm just very aware now that he doesn't want to chit chat because I'm usually up an hour before. He doesn't want to chit chat. He wants to he wants to read the news and then he'll chit chat. And so now I'm trying. I'm working on not taking that personally because it doesn't have anything to do with me. He's not. He's literally not awake yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Do you think that? Because I know a lot, there's all this negativity about this is going to cause so much divorce and so much separation. Do you think if people could just really take a step back and pause and say, like, how can we ensure this doesn't happen and just understand each other? It could actually strengthen the relationship. Oh, absolutely. Especially if there's no children in the house, right? It's just the two of you. There's a lot more privacy and a lot more downtime. With children and partnerships, you're going to have a little bit more stress just because, especially for introverts, that's where they might need to leave the house, go for a walk by themselves to physically get away. And that's okay too, right? And introverts often don't mention that to whoever they're dating or married to if they're extroverts is that they actually need to be alone in order to get their energy back to a normal level. Mm -hmm. That's how their brain is processing. So Again, we keep bringing this up, but give grace to your partner and give them space. Even extroverts under stress, we become introverted and we do need time alone and we need to back off. Absolutely. I know I do. I'm an extrovert, but I do need that after a while. And especially I feel like I'm doing, I'm really, uh, like God, I haven't probably been close to a human being since March 13th. Um, I'm really taking the physical distancing seriously, but I'm not socially distancing. I'm more social now than I've ever been. Like to the point, like I lose my voice by the end of the day thinking <laughs> like, I just, I really need to not talk to everybody all day. Um, what happens if you're two introverts in the house and you have children? Is that again, just a conversation they need to have with one another Yeah. And also to say, okay, this is your two hours. I'm going to take my break. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave or go for a drive. But to be cognizant of that, absolutely. Because even introverts, if there's two introverts in a room, they still prefer to be alone sometimes to get their energy back, even if the other person's being quiet. And I think as well, something that I've been having conversations with people who are like, I'm just not used to spending this much time with my spouse. Um, and I want to sleep in the other room and once in a while for my quiet time. And I'm thinking, do it. If you have to sleep in another room twice a week so that you can like have some physical distance, so you can get a good night's sleep, read your book, watch TV till midnight, like go ahead and do that because we are in unprecedented times and it is out, things are out of routine. And so as much as you try to keep routine, it is out of routine. So if you have to do that, do it, like just find a way to communicate it in a way where you're not like, screw you, I'm going to sleep in the other room. It all comes down to that positive communication, but I think it's even more than that. It's about honest communication in a positive way. So it's important for us to get clear about what it is that we need. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think just one more thing, um, because I have so many questions here. So Right now, what I'm seeing is a lot of stuff on social media and people are really triggered by those who are not physically distancing. And so they go on social media and they just like rip people a new one. And again, I understand the trigger. I really do. And I respect that. And I honor that. What's a really a more positive way someone can communicate using their social media platforms, the importance of physical distancing instead of here's my opinion, you're an asshole, (laughs) right? And and then it just starts a fight and it just adds to a new contagion, which is fear and hate. And we don't want that. Well, my favorite acronym in the world is think Mm. before posting anything, before saying anything. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? (laughs) And is it kind? Because yelling at other people on social media when they're not even your friends, they don't care. You're just creating, you're just creating fear for everyone that's on your feed or anger. 
Uh, I've actually unfollowed a lot of people through this because I just can't handle the negativity and the, the posts that are coming out of it. Even yeah. unfollowing for a month just to calm my feed. Uh, there's a few people doing positive news. Like I'm making sure that I follow them. Number one that comes yeah. up and yeah, you don't need to post everything in your opinion is based on your experiences, but it might not be valid yes. in this case. So be cautious with posting every single thought, every single belief that you have. If it might create fear for others, you might have that conversation with someone and say, can you believe this happened? Does it need to go on social media? Probably not. Yeah. And I think people, it's like the trigger reaction, right? They just go and they do it and they don't even give it any thought. So what's the think again? So true, true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind. True, helpful, inspiring, necessary, necessary and kind. And kind. I really love that. I think actually that's a really great way for people to communicate with each other as well about what they need at work, at home, and they can just use this acronym. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind to the other person and to ourselves as well? So by me communicating what I need, is this a true and honest and helpful way for me to communicate what I need so that I'm not a pressure cooker blowing up on the people at home. Um, so that's really great. I think it's also a really great thing to teach kids. I'm noticing a lot of positivity on how people are teaching kids and, uh, and teaching them healthy boundaries. And that it's like, some people are like, Oh my God, like I, I, you know, I, I'm like my kid's entertainment coordinator right now. And I'm thinking, well, if your child can be left alone, in their bedroom for a few hours or even an hour, it's a really great way for you to teach this child healthy boundaries and the importance of why they need the healthy boundaries and what, how to communicate that. Because I know one woman told me that she's been setting up these like 45 minutes in separate corners and it doesn't matter what you do in your section of the house, but it has to be quiet. And one child actually said, oh, I didn't know I was allowed to ask for what I needed. And I'm thinking, oh my God, that's so heartbreaking, right? Like, because we do, we, we don't ask for what we need. And then we teach our kids that, and then they get to be our age in their forties. And we're still trying to practice creating healthy boundaries. So this is a really great time to stop a lot of the patterns that we take into our adulthood and teach children that now. Now I understand it's different if it's like a two-year-old or a three-year-old, that's a totally different situation. But if they're in school, they can probably be in their bedroom by themselves and have a little alone time and use their imagination. And this is just it. This is it. Mommy needs a couple of hours. And you know, one woman that I know really well, she's working from home right now and she's in human resources. And she's she puts a sign on her door and underneath the sign, she has questions um, that they've been interrupting her for every time she's working. And she's like, um, uh, choose the fruit because they usually ask, mommy, I'm hungry. What can I eat? So she has choose the fruit um, and just these fun little things on there. So again, instead of getting frustrated and upset with them, she's found a really creative way to communicate with everybody in the household while her door is closed. So I think that's what it comes down to, right? Just be kind and honest and I think from there, we'll all get through this in a really good way. And social media is not your trash can. Social media <laughs> Actually, is not your trash can. I think about when people fight in the comments. Oh. And I mean, you could, you could just get popcorn and read those. Never interject yourself into that ever, is my opinion. Yeah. But nobody ever wins. No. Nobody says, oh my goodness, because you posted that, you've just changed my entire mindset. That doesn't happen. Absolutely. So don't waste your time. You're going to upset others. Don't interject yourselves into those fights. Again, yeah. calm is what we're going for and positive as possible. Absolutely. And I think that's really important is like that, that person's posting it because they want to be right. And then you're fighting it because you want to be right. And at the end of the day, no one ends up being right because again, 
It all comes down to that grace. No one is right right now because the only thing that is correct right now is physically distance yourself and be kind. Everything else is a a new navigation that we need to learn because we're just not sure. And some people just literally, it is confusing. It's like, well, I was physically distancing myself, but I went for a walk with a friend and one was on one side of the road and one was on the other. And then they get attacked for that because they went for a walk with a friend. And then they, then they learn, oh, well, even that, right? Like you're touching the other person's dog or you're doing that. And it's like, instead of attacking that person, maybe find some actual facts online that you can post and share about the importance of physical distancing or the importance of not touching other people's things or not going in the house, you know, instead of allowing the trigger to make you be hateful, just educate people. Yes. We need to be using our platforms right now in a positive way. Otherwise we're just not going to get through this, right? We're just going to have chronic stress. So yeah. And one thing I wanted to add. Oh yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, the one thing I wanted to add too, and I see this constantly a lot of people I know very well are doing this, just sharing any site that has any sort of clickbait. Those websites could be viruses. They can knock out your computer if you click on those links. If it comes from government of Saskatchewan, if it comes from CBC, most likely they're not viruses. So be cautious in sharing these posts just based on the title. And don't click on them unless you can validate that web address that it's not right? Because they, I think it's over 1600 sites have been created over 1600 and they estimate about 30%. This was an article from a a reliable source that I read about 30% of those could be hackers. Oh my God. Cautious what you share. Do not click on everything just because of the title. I think that's really important because I heard something a couple of days ago and it was someone had shared it and it was from a website that I had never heard about. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool story. I didn't click on the website. What I did is I actually went to my trusted news websites (laughs) that I know and it ended up being a true story Um, because I'm really right now trying to ensure that I have control over my mind by paying attention to what is fact versus what is opinion and what is just feeding into fear. Because right now, the only thing I have control over is my day to day. And so I don't need to know what's going to happen six months from now. I, I, who knows? Nobody knows what's going to happen six months to, months ago. Even the doctors are saying, forget about anything other than physical distancing right now because we don't know how long this is going to take. It's literally up to all of you just staying away. And it also helps those who are in essential services to keep those essential services going because we who have been forced to stay at home safely aren't out there saying, well, they're working, so we might as well be out in groups as well. So it's really important. Is this fact or is this fiction or is it just opinion? Because that is so important. So every day I listen to Justin Trudeau. He comes out on his front porch and he gives, he gives his story and he talks about what is the reality of that day. He doesn't do a lot of assumptions and plan for this and do this. It's just, this is what's happening in that day. And I'm like, perfect, done. I don't need to check in again, except I do check in on a lot of the good news stories about what's going on in the world because I want to know. So um, yeah, I love this. This was so great. I have so many other things, but we're going to come on again because I have so much I want to talk about, about um, all the online groups and the being in an infodemic right now, overload and just so much. So we'll come on again and do this, but I really appreciate you coming on and talk about positive communication. I appreciate just seeing you and talking to you almost on a daily basis. Now it's just amazing. Thank you for everything you do. Well, you're so welcome. I think we have, we spend more time together now than we did in the beginning, which is so (laughs) wonderful. I think I'll end with this. I would love for everybody to just write a bunch of really positive things that have come out of this COVID-19 crisis. Um, Not try to find the good in COVID-19, but find the good that's come out of us having more time. And for me, it's this, having more time with you, because we were so busy before this that we've actually had a lot more time to do 
all of the things that we've been wanting to do with one another, like podcasting, we wanted to get on and podcast regularly together. And now we're doing that. And we didn't have the time to do that before. So I'm so grateful for that. So I think that's a really great thing for people to do is just to feed their brain something else. What is the good that's come out of this time and this pause that we have? Because I'm seeing a lot of it and I'm seeing a lot of people find a lot of good in a really horrible crisis. And a really good book I think a lot of people should read is Viktor Frankl's um, Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Meaning. And he was in the Auschwitz uh, concentration camp. And they found things to be grateful for every single day in the most horrific of times and in the most horrific camps and violent and fearing for their lives and fearing being tortured. And he writes in the book, there was always the, every day they would try to find something that they could be grateful for, whether it was the sunshine or having each other and just having another day. And I think that's really important. If they can do it, and all we're being asked to do is stay safely at home, um, then we can do it too. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'll see you uh, next week. Perfect. <laughs> or tomorrow. Okay. All right. Bye, Jolene. Bye.